This is why we do it. This is why we won't stop. It's why we call him Mule Shoe. It's why we call him a snake. And when he makes comments like he made today that he didn't take players from OU, he took it for the transfer portal. I don't know any other way to handle it, Parker. Do we want to just we want to just play his full comments? Yes, please. Here's what the Mule Shoe Snake said. I think so, but I think the transfer portal kind of handles a lot of that. You know, I. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal. You know, those players and their families had to make a decision to either stay at that university just like any other player has to make or to enter the portal where then they can be recruited by anybody in the country. And that's up to those players and their families, and we have nothing to do with that. But once they, once a player gets into uh, a portal where they are open to any school in the country, we would be crazy not to take a look at that and try to help our football team. And, and then on top of it, for me, the maybe the more emotional tie for me is these are guys that we recruited. We got to know their families. We were a part of the, the entire process. You know, all of a sudden they were good enough for us to take at Oklahoma, but now we wouldn't give them a chance uh, just because we're at a new spot. I, I just that part never really made sense to me. So um, you know, certainly. Uh, excited to get those guys here along with all of our other players and and to us it's literally these are players in a portal these are guys that we feel like can come into USC and help us get this program to where it needs now, to be. Now let's all remember there needs to be guardrails on the transfer portal. Oh, we just heard I, that last week. You know man. who I bet Lincoln's really missing right now Tyler is the OU communications office Jeez. because it's pretty clear he has nobody advising him on PR out there. Exactly man dude just own it. All right? Like, if, if you want to conduct yourself this way as a college football head coach, like, whatever. I mean, there are actually head coaches out there that are doing, you know, far worse things than what Muleshoe's doing right now. But just own it, man. Don't try to act like you're this saint in the sport right now and you're this great, incredible dude that always tells the truth. No! Just own who you are. Stop opening your mouth and contradicting every single action that you have out there. God, it's unreal, man. Like the comments last week about the guardrails on the transfer portal followed up by it is like he is devoted to making himself the most unlikable human being in college football, which is pretty freaking remarkable because he's got some characters that he's doing battle with, you know, and some will say, well, I mean, he it, he is. It is accurate. I mean, the guys had already entered into the portal from OU. Well, okay. Um, I mean, you're you're kind of laying out some hints out there that that is not necessarily the case. So, so maybe we'll hear all more about that. But here's here's the point, right? There's a right and a wrong way to do it. And when Muleshoe's talking about, well, we didn't take tra- players from OU, we took them from the portal. Okay, well, there's that side of it. That's semantics, right? But I immediately thought of the Jaron Kanak situation with Brent Venables, uh-huh. you know? And that goes, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Jaron Kanak would have walked uh, to follow Brent Venables to OU, and basically he did that. But he told him, no, just stay at Clemson. It's the same place that you fell in love with. So when we say that OU traded a boy for a man, these are the types of situations that we're actually talking about right here. There's a right and a wrong way to do it. Brent Vittables did it the right way. Lincoln Riley is up there lying about the way that he actually went about things. And again, I think these are the types of mistakes that a first-time head coach is prone to make. It just so happened that Muleshoe's first head coaching job came at the University of Oklahoma. 
a blue blood program where his first time mistakes, his rookie mistakes, as it were, are a lot more conspicuous than they would be anywhere else. And so what we're seeing is, I, I'm not saying Muleshoe is the first, nor will he be the last person to do this type of thing or engage in this type of conduct. What I am saying is that the stuff that he is doing and the way that he is portraying himself in the public eye, it's far more egregious than a lot of his peers because it's the University of Oklahoma that he spurned. Tyler, this fan base is not going to forgive and forget. Especially when he, like, consistently – like, he's Mr. Media now, guys. How about this? I mean, Muleshoe's on Radio Road today at the Super Bowl. He's going on Cowherd all the time, which, by the way, uh, Cowherd just – that's like his PR man right now. You're saying that uh, he's missing the OU athletic de- department right now for, for things like this? Well, Colin Cowherd is essentially just his hype man right now and feeding him whatever questions he wants. It's just pretty astonishing. Ridiculous astonishing oh man like here's what i think obviously the ou fan base has their uh has their issues with mule shoe right now he's gonna have to do a lot in order to reverse the public perception at this point because he's very quickly making himself odious in the eyes of the general public too because they're looking at the stuff he's saying And it's not hard to see the underlying hypocrisy and the self-contradiction that's present there. He actually fits, you know, I I thought initially, wow, you know, he really does fit perfectly with the Pac-12. He's got this, you know, cute, finesse style of play. You can do all the jet sweeps you want and speed options with the backup quarterback to the near side. You can have this fun, cute little offense where you abandon the run game and just throw it around. Defense, not a priority. Special teams, not a priority. The details that matter, not a priority. Like, as the more I thought about it after he took the job, it's like, man, this is a match made in heaven for him out at USC in the Pac-12. It fits him perfectly on what he wants to do. But now that he's going out there and every single chance, oh, we need guardrails on the transfer portal, but I took guys out of the portal. I didn't take guys from OU. He fits so much better out there on the West Coast than I initially thought. This is where he should have been all along. His whole career should be out on the West Coast in L.A. and in California. Yeah, he should have been the guy that Cliff Kingsbury never was, right? Jeez. No, I mean, we were calling him the mule shoe snake as a joke, but uh, it is, it is, uh, it's not a joke. This is, this is who this guy actually is right now. And it is crazy that um, he is kind of, I don't want to say turned into this. Who knows how long he has been like this, but we are seeing a side of this guy that uh, we had not seen before. And uh, here we go. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, um, it's, it's really, really odd, but there's situations like this as an OU fan that make you feel better about the guy that's in charge now compared to who was previously in charge. And the more he says, the more thankful OU fans are for Brent Venables because the contrast between Venables and Muleshoe just becomes more and more stark with every cowherd interview that he does. Yeah, and I love college football. It's my favorite sport. But one of the things I do hate about college football is that God, the best rivalry right now in the sport may be uh, OU versus USC, you know? Um, it would create some of the highest ratings that we've seen maybe in a long time. Oh, my goodness, that'd be must-see TV. But they're never going to play. 
I mean, most likely, unless they match up in an Alamo Bowl or a college football semifinal, which SC's not going to a college football semifinal this year, that's the only way that they would ever match up. That's the one downside, well, other than uh, NIL and transfer portal stuff, which, remember, Lincoln told you we need to put a guardrail on. I, I wish it was more of a likely situation we could get the matchup between those two teams, like uh, Tom Brady going to Foxborough this season to go face off against the Patriots and Belichick. You just don't get that in college football, and it's one of the very few downsides in the sport right now because me, you, everyone else would just love an opportunity to watch these two teams play. Oh, and, 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 and this I, fan base would travel anywhere to see it. I would love to see what would happen if OU and USC got matched up in a bowl. USC would probably opt out. Muleshoe would probably go into the AD's office and be like, listen, I, I, I can't deal with this. You're going to have to. They'd fake COVID to try to get out uh, of the game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, COVID protocols, uh, we, 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 we regret to inform the public that COVID-19 protocols will not permit our football team to travel to San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl. Uh, it's it's crap, and then he continues to say that. And, and here's another reason why I don't fault OU fans at all for still, you know, poking fun or at least being a, a little upset about it, even though you're in a better situation. Is he's constantly throwing out the line of, you know, well, we knew what this place could be when we took the job, and that's why we took it. So essentially, he's saying. We identified that the USC job is a better job and a better situation than what OU is. Also, who's we? <laughs> That's well, what I'd love to know. Uh, Clark Stroud? Dennis Simmons, those are probably your three right there. If that's how you're talking, if that's how you're portraying it, and you're using the pronoun "we" as opposed to "I," that suggests that hey, uh, maybe you had a few more people in on this whole charade. Long before it came into the public eye. I think eye. so. Yeah, I think so. Maybe Clark Stroud told him that USC was a better job than OU. But if you want to look through the annals of uh, history, and yeah, USC's been a really good program in the past, but it's been a while since they've been a really good program. There's been a lot of ups and downs outside of the early 2000s when they made that little run. Uh, the recent, the past 21 years for them has been kind of somewhat average for the most part, you know? So I, there's just this belief that. You know, he took this amazing job, a better job than OU. No, 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 no. I'm not buying it. The Pac-12 has been just as bad as the Big 12. OU stayed at the top, and USC has stunk in probably the fifth best Power 5 conference out there. They held a NASCAR race at their stadium this past mm-hmm. weekend, Tyler. A NASCAR race. That's how seriously they take college football out there in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear the next time Mr. Media uh, goes on Ka- Colin Cowherd's show and they just paint it how just awesome of a situation it is out there and how quickly that they're going to win. By the way, con- uh, congratulations to Colin. I'm sure today had to rank pretty high. You know, he's only been a USC fan for about two months now, so today had to be one of the best days for him in terms of his SC fandom. That whole bromance is just becoming weirder and weirder. Openly rooting for USC, Colin Cowherd, as of two months ago. It's just like, why? Why? I understand his job is to raise hell and to generate clicks and generate interaction, but uh, to hitch yourself to the USC bandwagon, that just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. Like, of all the the guys you could have chosen to champion, you chose Muleshoe? Yeah, I guess it makes sense for convenience's sake because he lives out in L.A., so... Maybe it's maybe it doesn't mean any more than just that, but 
I don't know, man. Yeah. It's good luck. A- good luck, buddy. Air Cover Solutions text line. I know we got a lot. We'll hit those on the next on the other side. 405-651-3439. Also, about 10 minutes before the show, I found a new crystal ball that uh, Parker put in for a five-star athlete. Whoa. We'll tell you about that coming up next. Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. Last segment of the day for Parker. He's got to get out of here, so let's grill him for about 10 minutes before he gets out of here for the day. Actually, I know we got a lot on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You want to go to that first before talk a little crouton? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's uh, let's see what the folks are saying. Uh, oh, it was just brought to my attention via the Air Comfort Solutions text line that Gentry Williams called out Muleshoe on Twitter. Yeah, um, someone quote tweeted and said, Relique. Talking about Relique Brown, obviously, on uh, Muleshoe's comments today. And Gentry just, uh, what he sent out? Some crying face emojis and some other things. And a clown emoji. Yeah, yeah there you go, Gentry. <laughs> hey, now. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> a little heat. A yeah. little heat from uh, the man who apparently came out of the cradle a sooner. What's, uh, what is the tone on the text line right now? Are they telling us to shut up, move on, he's gone, forget about it? Or is everyone else just uh, annoyed like we are? No, they're all annoyed just like we are. Uh, Eddie asks on the text line, refresh my memory, was Tebow AWOL one day or two days during Baylor game week? It was only one day. Yeah, that just I that Tuesday. Yeah, but... Uh, Speculations continue to run kept, wild kept things very cryptic. Where he was that day and where he met his agent that day. One listener says, Muleshoe is Mr. Peanut's cousin, Mr. Pecan, because of the shape of his head, I guess. Mm. I just, well, I can think of uh, worse names the, for I him suppose, than that. Yes. <laughs> Cowherd wants free tickets, says one listener. I don't think you've got to try too hard to get free tickets to a USC game these days. I uh, I think Cowherd wants to be a little bit closer to Muleshoe than just free tickets. I... Colin basically wants to be best buds is the vibe that I'm getting right now because he brings up USC uh, just about every chance that he gets and how awesome he thinks that Muleshoe is. Okay, all right, Colin. Uh, let's see when they go six and six next year, go seven and five. Let's see how much you're you're hyping up that bandwagon. Can't wait to see you jump off because as quickly as Colin was to jump on, you know how it works. He'll be the first one to jump off of that bandwagon the moment it starts to head south. Maybe, maybe Colin is taking uh, aerobics classes with uh, Benny Wiley, and that's his end to Muleshoe, and that's why he likes him yeah, so it much. Could be, but hey, know. you know what? If we know one thing about Cowherd, is that when he has a take, and he really, for whatever reason, believes it, he's not going to back down, because he's been, he's been the president of the anti-Baker Mayfield League True. for years and years, so... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's trying to pit Muleshoe and Baker against one another, which... <sighs> I would imagine at this point is probably it's probably done to some extent. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe Colin's just on that kettlebell workouts, and he's got a great relationship with the staff right now. I'm sure Colin can handle the workouts that are going on at USC right now. So it actually makes sense why he'd root for him. All right, Christian says on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, "Talk crystal ball now. I have a meeting in eight minutes." <laughs> okay, um, the on three, one of the on three guys. Uh, there's a new one in for OU on David Hicks, defensive lineman, 6'4", 254 out of Allen, Texas. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet with David Hicks. And I do think OU is in a really good spot, arguably the leader for David Hicks. I'm not to the point yet, emphasis on the yet, where I would put in a crystal ball predicting he lands with Oklahoma. I think this race is going to come down to OU, Texas, and Texas A&M. Look, 
if you're making me put money down right now and you're going to ask me to push my chips to the middle, I guess I would bet on Oklahoma. It's just he's not going to announce his decision until next January. So, you know, obviously so much can change between now and then that I feel like if you if you know that there's a guy that's really bought into OU, somebody like Micah Tease, for instance, out at Booker T. Washington High, I had no problem throwing in a crystal ball for Micah Tease last July, I yep. think it was, because right. you get a guy like that and you get the sense that they're bought into Oklahoma for more than just the coaches that are there and the opportunity, but the school itself. Eric McCarty is another guy in that same vein. Those are the guys that you can safely – predict are going to land at Oklahoma this early on in the cycle. A guy like David Hicks, I'm not saying he doesn't end up, up, up at Oklahoma, and in fact, I, I would bet that he would, but I there's just too much that can change between now and January for me to predict right now that he's going to be a soon. Quick like little side note here, opinion, it's, you know, we, we've been talking for years now about, well, they're not going to break through and win an Addy until they got get better at, at play up front on the defensive line. There's no doubt about that. But they're in on some guys that I don't think that we would have seen them necessarily be in on in the past. And just maybe like David Hicks they would be in on. But I'm talking about just the number of guys, Parker. How they closed with defensive linemen in this past class. The fact that Lebius Overton, you think OU's in the top two or top three there. David Hicks is a big-time defensive lineman. OU's got a great chance there. This Hunter Osborne kid from the state of Alabama, he's a defensive lineman, 6'3", 250. It's just, it's not the fact that it's just one or two guys they figured out a way to get in on. There is a multitude of defensive linemen, high-rated defensive talent, that they seem to be not only just in the top five for, but like seriously have a chance to land these guys. Yeah, and look, I know I'm young, so take this with a grain of salt, but David Hicks is the best high school football player I have ever watched with my own two eyes in person. And I don't think it's really all that close. That dude is a nightmare. And so, I, 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 go turn on the tape. Just watch what he did this past year at Allen High School as a junior and imagine what he's going to do as a senior. But you take a look at a guy like that and you figure what he might be able to do in an Oklahoma Sooners uniform and line up alongside him two or three more guys that are on that same level, suddenly you have the makings of a fearsome defense, not just a good defense, not just a stingy defense, an utterly terrifying defense. Because what did we hear Brent Venables say last week? You can't hide weakness up front. It was ninety-one minute interview. I couldn't remember all of yeah, it. Exactly. I was well, hoping you were tell naturally. Me. Yeah, but you can't hide weakness up front. If you're going to build a championship roster, that's where it starts is up front, and that's why losing Gabriel Brownlow Dindy hurts and is going to continue to hurt for Oklahoma. But if you can rebound, land a guy like David Hicks in the class of 2023, or you shoot, you can already look ahead to 2024. OU is in a really good spot with David Stone, the former Dell City. Uh, sophomore who has since transferred to IMG Academy, and then T.A. Cunningham, all six foot six, two hundred sixty-five of him out of the state of Georgia. Those are two guys that could very well be Sooners. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what's interesting is what's the narrative if the twenty twenty-three class ends up being the best that OU's had in over a decade? What if the twenty twenty-three class? Because they closed very strong with the twenty-two class. It was the it was tied for the second highest ranked class. In the past decade, I think Muleshoe's highest was six. But what if OU ends up with the number five class in 2023? Then what is the narrative? Can the narrative be that, well, we we thought that they lost this great recruiter, but 
actually they gained a better staff in terms of recruiting. Now, it's really early. They sit at number 15 right now. They've got, what, four commits in this class. Two of those are four stars. But some of those stars are definitely going to change. I, I, I really believe, like, if we're talking about guys like David Hicks or Hunter Osborne or Anthony Hill or some of these other guys, there's a real chance, Parker, that this class can push for the best out of any of the ones that Muleshoe had ever signed at OU. Yeah, and I think the way that people are going to look at it, naturally it's going to be all too easy to make the comparison between OU's recruiting class and USC's, and we don't know at this point how well USC is going to recruit. Like I said, I expect them to recruit really well at the offensive skill positions. Beyond that, man, it's a shot in the dark because (laughs) there's no way of knowing who is going to want to go and play football at USC anywhere but running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, those types of positions. So, uh, it's going to be all too easy for OU fans to draw that comparison, but I think what you got to be looking at this more through the lens of is as you prepare to make the transition to the SEC, would you rather be recruiting elite defensive linemen or elite wide receivers and running backs? Because there's a certain style of football in the SEC, and we all kind of thought that the game was changing when Tua Tungavaloa and Joe Burrow kind of revolutionized the game there briefly in the SEC. So there there were people that thought that the game was going to change and that the spread would take over down south. That isn't really the case. We've kind of seen things. We've kind of seen the pendulum shift back to where it once was in the sense that. The dominant programs in that region of the country and in that conference are generally built around really strong defense and dynamic play in the trenches. Yeah, you saw this this past year with Alabama and Georgia facing off. You, you got to be able to do so, both now in the SEC. Yeah, you know, but you but you're right. You still have to have a dominant defensive line up front. You still have to get to the passer. You still got to create turnovers. You got to have maybe more of an offense than you've ever had in that league. But the same is still true. E- even though they, they spread it out more in that conference than they have, you still better win up front or you can forget about it. And you know it's never going to be difficult for the University of Oklahoma to recruit skill position guys on offense either. That's the other thing you got to keep in mind is that you can walk into a kid's living room and say, look, we're the University of Oklahoma. And that carries a lot of weight, particularly on the offense when you look at what they've done, uh, not just during Muleshoe's tenure, but previously. Over the past two decades, Oklahoma consistently and perennially has had some of the most efficient uh, and highest scoring offenses in all of college football. So the angle you can take there is, well, losing Muleshoe isn't a backbreaker in terms of offensive production and firepower, particularly with Jeff Lebby at the helm now. Well, and I wonder if that's the rebuttal because like some of those skill players out there may be thinking exactly what you said, but if you're the staff right now, your rebuttal is, oh, okay, well, let's pull up the 2019 rankings on offense. Okay, well, here's Oklahoma right here in the top five, but there's UCF ranked like right in front of them. I think USC was or UCF was ranked right in front of uh, OU in 2019, so there may be some worry of, well, is the OU offense going to fall off a cliff now? Jeff Levy might actually be like, no, look, we were ranked right there with them this entire time when I was the OC in Orlando. We'll, we'll be okay, I assure you. Uh, keep the text coming, 405-651-3439 on the Air Cover Solutions text line. Parker, we will uh, catch up with you tomorrow since you got to get out of here early. Sounds fantastic. Drake Dykin is going to take you the rest of the way. Yeah, Drake's going to fill in next segment. Teddy's going to come in a segment early after that, so we've got you covered. Keep it locked in on Locked In right here on The Ref for the homeless Sooner fans.
Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. This hour is brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel supplies you with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They can also service all brands of power washers. Check Chapel Supply out today. 6509 West Reno Avenue in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply. Chapel Supplies you, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Uh, no Thune for the rest of the show today. He had to get out of here. So Drake's going to step in this segment. Teddy's going to join us a segment early today on The Rush. Uh, we do have Bob Stoops coming on today at uh, 3.20, so be sure to check that out. I, I, I went out to, sorry to interrupt you there, I went out to lunch today. I may or may not have seen... Sir Bob Stoops out eating lunch whenever I was out. So oh, nice. Well, at the place I was I going. hope he's uh, all ready to go for Louis on Campus Corner is where he was today. So. Air Conver Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Cal Turd's love of USC goes back more than just two months. He adores Mark Sanchez and Sam Darnold. Well, hey, that's a great omen for uh, Muleshoe out there at USC. If the two guys that he's adored, and you're right that he adored Sam Darnold. I don't know if he adored USC or if it was more about Sam Darnold, but he was all about Darnold coming out of the draft that year, and obviously that hasn't worked out. But if those are the two guys he's uh, hitched his wagons to, uh, yikes so far. Uh, This one says Cowherd is trying to steal Clark's sleeping spot at the foot of TBOW's bed. That one's really funny. Cowherd wants free tickets, yes. Even Dick Vitale questioned his decision-making in that short of time. Um, you guys are roasting Muleshoe today on the text line, which I love. Here's one that I... Do, do, do you really have to fight that hard to get free USC football tickets, though? No, you No, I, I, I think that probably Cowherd earned them a while ago. He so. probably You can probably uh, buy him for $5 and they'll even throw in a, a free T-shirt at this point to get in one of their games. OU has a lot of history that carries weight, but so did Nebraska. Who's to say what happened to Nebraska won't happen to OU? You know, I I really don't like the, will it happen to Nebraska, why can't it happen to OU type of comparison, because the only comparison to me between OU and Nebraska is the fact that they're old rivals. Like, I don't. I don't really see what the, well, the comp is there. And, and national powers there are moving conferences. That's that's the only other uh, comparison there. Because Nebraska had not been Nebraska for a very long time whenever they shifted to the Big Ten. Well, even like its best years of the program, mm-hmm. those didn't happen until OU had its worst decade yeah. in school history. Yeah. Now, I'm not trying to deny that Nebraska didn't have good years in the 70s and the 80s. They, yeah. they did, no doubt about it, but, but they dominated not like OU. The 90s, yeah. yeah, they dominated the 90s mm-hmm. when OU was finally down. That's when Dr. Tom finally broke through. Like, Nebraska, there's many reasons why they ended up being where they are today. They don't have a great local recruiting base. They're not surrounded by states that have great recruiting. They ran an outdated offense for 20 years. It caught up to them, and it, it, it just totally sabotaged what they were trying to do offensively. Like I, If you want to say OU is going to struggle in the SEC and may not have the type of success they've enjoyed here recently, okay, maybe you can make an argument, but I don't think that using Nebraska as a comparison – is necessarily the right way to go because I don't think that there's a whole lot of real similarities there between the two programs. No, I, I mean, with Nebraska, you didn't have a AD that was proven that could uh, lead a program from uh, just a university from top to bottom, be able to make great decisions as far as coaching, 
I yeah. Uh, the other comparison I guess you can make is that obviously. Bo Pelinian made a Big 12 championship game, but he wasn't a proven head coach. And that's the other comparison I guess you can make is you've got a former D.C. that's now your head coach that isn't proven whenever you go into that. But, I mean, between now and when OU goes into the actual SEC, whenever that is, Brent Venables could have one or two Big 12 titles under his belt by then. Yeah. I, I love this text. You could take all of Muleshoe's football knowledge, wad it into a ball, and shove it up a gnat's butts, and it would rattle around like a BB in a battleship. BV has owned him. Wow. You guys, yeah, keep it coming today. Let's go. If this is what my next three and a half hours are going to look like, you guys just hammering the man on the text line, please, I am down. I am willing to have a Tuesday like this. Because uh, what that man continues to say on, in a public forum is um, – I, I don't know. I, I think it's really embarrassing for him, Drake. And like I, I said to lead off the show today, look, there are far worse things happening in college football right now. Like, what he's doing is not, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the worst thing that he could be doing out there. But, dude, just own who you are. Just own who you are as yeah. a college football coach Well, right now. I mean, there's all the rumors, too, that he was contacting players well before that they, they were going into the transfer portal and stuff like that. And him saying, well, the... Uh, the OU lost uh, these kids to the transfer portal, not us. That's just, it's such a crock of you know what. And he knows that it's just one of those very political statements where you get, you have the benefit of this very kind of back alley kind of deal to where you get guys like Caleb Williams, you get uh, Mario Williams to come to USC with you. And. There's really no real public defense except to just basically deny that you did anything wrong. And that's that's all he's doing. I mean, like you said. Yeah, I mean, he wants to live in the gray area and operate beyond the gray area, but still be labeled and thought of as the yeah, nice guy, the golden the, boy of college football. Like, didn't work, I wouldn't have a problem with him saying what he said today if he doesn't say on National Signing Day, Oh, well, we need to have guardrails on the transfer right. portal. Right. I mean, like, that's it. Which, you can't have it both ways. You can't just pick all the players that you want from Oklahoma and still not get everybody that you want, uh, by the way. but And then also say, but we need to have some more guardrails on this thing. Yeah, maybe there needs to be guardrails around your program in general, but... <laughs> Lincoln is like that girl you thought was amazing for a while, and she ends up being a psycho. That's from Matt. Yeah. Uh, does Bob answer if Muleshoe calls? Wow. Uh, I have no idea. Um, I don't know what that current relationship is right now. I mean, I can I can think of a few guesses. Because here, here's the thing is I, 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 I think we all think Bob wasn't very happy when the you know initial decision was made. But the way that he is operating about things is very anti-Bob Stoops and not the way Bob would go about things. Now, that doesn't mean that Bob wouldn't answer his phone call. It's just kind of a – it's not the same style of how it was handled back in the day. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that Bob would answer if Lincoln called. But I think it's probably to the benefit of Lincoln to not make that phone call and not have Bob answer the phone. Just my opinion. Yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that there is anything 
that Bob has built up that he wants to say to Lincoln that Lincoln wants to hear at all. Uh, does this not tell you everything about Texas Tech and that those scum come from it? Scumbag. This is from OU Architect. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> all good points today, guys. I, I, cannot, uh, I cannot disagree with any of them. Uh, the professor says Bob's going to be on it a bit, which he is at 320. Ask him whether he'd take Muleshoe's call. Yeah, uh, I'll make Teddy ask Bob that today if Muleshoe call if he would. Now, now Teddy will find a way to not ask Bob that today. He will get scared and not ask the question. But I'll I'll try to I'll try to get Teddy to ask him that. Ask him at three twenty. We'll try to do that. I, I'm trying to think of what because Teddy's gotten really creative on some of those questions that people text in on how he asks them. I don't know how it is that you can get creative of him trying to claim. Well, I tried to ask. But in all actuality, in no way ask yeah. whatsoever. No. So I, I don't no. know how it is that you could ask that. Uh, we'll see if you get, he'll feel uh, given to peer pressure or not. We'll just peer pressure him to death. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it to him. You guys can do it to him on the text line. Uh, we'll talk to him coming up next. But, yes, Bob Stoops at 320. We missed him last week. We'll catch up with him in uh, just a few minutes to talk about the current happenings at OU. All right, keep it locked here, right here. Locked in with McComas and Thune. We are the ref, the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. This hour is brought to you by Chapel Supply, but Teddy Lehman is now in. <laughs> a segment early today. How about that? And we have all decided, and when I say we, I mean uh, me and all my friends on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, we are nominating you to ask uh, Bob if he would answer a phone call from Muleshoe these days. Okay. If, because, you know, if Bob was looking at his iPhone and Muleshoe popped up on the call log, if he would answer it or not. Also, uh, ask him if uh, his name is uh, Muleshoe in his phone. <laughs> that, that'd also be a nice follow-up. Uh, it, it wouldn't shock me if Coach Stoop said, why would I answer that? I don't have anything to say to him. <laughs> and it also wouldn't surprise me if he said, I actually talked to him 10 minutes ago. That's right. <laughs> you know, so, so I, true. I, I really don't know. What, I wouldn't know what to expect. Whew, but those comments today, buddy, that's what everyone's talking about. And uh, I, So I guess in, unless there's something else that I didn't see, I just saw the uh, basically the main comment about like those kids entered the transfer portal. They had a decision to make with their family whether to stay or go. No one's taken his word on it. Is that what we've uh, <laughs> landed? Well, on? yeah, no one's no one's taking his word on it. And again, it's just I, I don't know. He continues to kind of say one thing, be about the other. People are bringing up comments that he made last year and how they compare to the comment that he made today. And as I just said, just just own who you are, man. Don't don't try to act like you're anything different than what we know that you are. It's if you want to be that way as a head coach, like that, that's fine. There's other guys out there like that, but. Just, just stop lying, everybody, man. Stop trying right. to be someone you're not. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, that he's – why do you think he went on for that? I, why, why is he acting like Mr. Media these days and taking any uh, opportunity that he can get on ESPN or on Cowherd? I'll tell you what I honestly believe. I think he is in – a, a little bit of damage control mode because the relentless OU Twitter army that's constantly 
on everything that they do, slamming everything that he says. I I I feel like maybe he's attempting to like stop that narrative, but or he's not at least, himself. Or at least use that as a a way to to get that point across to recruits out there because it seems like everything that they do, everything that USC posts, everything like they can have no social media presence right now. So that's really his only way of answering those things, you know? It's in, it's it's really interesting. I'd I'd like to be a fly on the wall to see exactly what's what their thought process is on it because it has to affect them, right? They they can't Definitely. post anything. It's it's a little bit embarrassing, right? In in that it's so one sided. It'd be different if you know the USC faithful was there to uh, clash with OU fans, and they were going back and forth. You could sell like, well, look at our awesome fan base, and you don't talk bad about us, or our fans will come after you. Right. But there's not a lot of USC fans, so it's pretty one sided right now. You know, there's really no opposition whatsoever. It's all OU fans, so. Yeah, it's not the best look for them in terms of like how much passion is in their program. My question is, and you may be right about damage control, which it's not really working out that well for him, but what did he think was going to happen when he made this decision? Did he think that OU fans were just going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> we're Oklahomans, we're all nice, we wish him the best of luck moving forward. Is that what he really thought? I don't know how he couldn't see this one coming. It it does sound like, yes, that's what he thought. Wasn't it Clark Stroud that was like shocked by everyone's reaction right away? Yes, and, yes. Um, I think a lot of those guys were shocked at the reaction, to which I'm like, God, no, what? Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, so I I think so. I think there's been a little bit of of shock that it has been received this way. And probably a lot of shock that we are now pretty quickly approaching the middle of February and they still cannot say or do anything on social media. I think like USC's football Twitter has like 60,000 followers. I think 55,000 of them are OU fans just so they can be notified when they right. make a some type of post and they can go on there and bash what, it. What is it? The LA Galaxy, the MLS team out there has more followers than the USC <laughs> football program does? I mean, seriously. Nice. like That's a big weapon for Muleshoe when it, it comes to recruiting yeah. is social media, man. And you're taking away – you're basically taking away his sword in this fight right now. And not only – like. There's programs out there that are probably loving this right now. Like Oregon, don't you think that Oregon loves this right yeah. now that they can't make some real social media push because OU fans are destroying it right now? That's probably why Tosh Lapoy made the comment that he did last week. <laughs> Just I mean, seriously. It. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost as if their social media has some type of computer virus that anytime it makes a post the the OU Twitter army comes out of the woodwork and just obliterates everything that they do. It's pretty funny. It's um, it's honest to God like if Joe Rogan would just tweet out, I don't believe in the coronavirus or something <laughs> like that. And, like, that's what it feels like every time USC or he tweets something out individually. You just know that it's going to be just mocked and attacked and it's a 
Sad to say, but it is a beautiful, beautiful thing right now. It is. I love it so much. And frankly, I believe that it is a big deterrent or a a big obstacle for them to overcome in recruiting because there's a constant, unrelenting narrative that Lincoln Riley – uh, misled his football team, misled his coaching staff, misled his fan base, misled recruits. Like all of that is constantly out there, unrelenting. That's hard to. It's hard to disprove, and it's hard to to stop that that negative energy. You know, it's like a runaway yeah. train. Yeah, everyone's asking nationally, God, when are you guys going to let it go? We just played a clip of it yesterday. The answer, never, man. I mean, we're never going to let it go around here. And, yeah, it could be an obstacle for them. Don't let them go 6-6 six and six next year. Because if they think it's an obstacle right now, if they start losing a whole lot of football games and, you know, he gets this quarterback via the portal, but they're not immediately winning games, like, it's it's an obstacle. I believe that. It could get a whole lot worse if they don't win right away. Right. So, watch out. What's the old quote? Uh... Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> yeah. It's more like hell hath no fury like a fan base scorned, Seriously, right? It's, it's kind of the same type of thing that we're seeing right now. And um, right now it's just it's hammering him, but I feel like the more success we have, the more it's going to be thrown that direction. All right, quick timeout. Uh, we'll get to the rush next. I was about to say headed into hour number two of the rush, but we'll start off the show.